Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the short thing here on December 21st. Uh, Christmas week has arrived, and we are winding down the new year. Warren Shore here with Ryan Silva. We'll talk about the Cowboys winning two games in a row for the first time in the season. Also, the se- only the second time this season. I know it sounds crazy. Only the second time this season they scored 40 points in a game with all those high-scoring early uh, season second time they put up 40 points we'll also go around the nfl obviously we'll talk about the college football playoff as that is in and what uh how that shook out and then also we will have some bowl picks for the games coming up uh this week we already have uh i'm on the over in the app state game today um and then we'll give other picks out for the rest of the bowl games this week. Lots of bowl games got canceled, but we'll get that into that later. Ryan, how's your weekend? It was good. Um, nothing too crazy. Just a lot of hanging out at home. Uh, finished up some Christmas shopping, all that good stuff, but uh, pretty relaxing. Can't complain. Yeah. I think a lot of people had a pretty relaxing weekend. So on uh, Friday or Thursday, we talked up. I, I, I can report that uh, the TikTok did not happen. Well, when I said I was going to ask the golfers, what was I going to ask the guys in my group to TikTok to do? Uh, to uh, get run over by a golf cart. Oh, that's right. That's right. Totally forgot about it. You know what? One of them might have been down. They, you know what? Now that I think about it, it, it could have been a possibility out there. Um, but uh, so in the one of one of the uh, um, players in the group, the guy brought his 13 year old girl out, who is supposedly like the second ranked. Um, 13 year old girl in North Texas. She was good. Mm. She was really good. And part of me was like, man, I want, I want to ask her maybe if my Taylor Swift TikTok uh, ended up on her for you page, but that seemed a little creepy of me to ask. Yeah, that would be weird. So we did not do that, but uh, that's, so that's no, probably a good call. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so no running anyone over with the uh, golf cart. Um, all right. You want to get into the NFL here? Let's do it. All right. So we'll start off with the Cowboys as they, play themselves back into the NFC East. Um, you have to say that it is going to be tough because they don't have the tiebreaker over Washington, but they win yesterday 41-33 against the San Francisco 49ers. Nick Mullins, boy, he is bad. He stinks. He, I, he I, I used to, I mean, I bought up all the Nick Mullins stock. I was dumping that a couple weeks ago, like sell, 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 because he, he st- everyone wants to give him the, the Brett Favre comparison because you know that was like his idol he wears the number four he's kind of a gunslinger no he went to southern miss for that too yeah factoring all those things um but he is like i don't even i there there's no comparison but he he stinks he's bad i'm surprised they didn't go to bethard like well they they did at the end well because he got hurt oh did he get hurt see i was watching watching when he had the last interception i think Uh or when he fumbled at his Demarcus Lawrence hit his like elbow. Oh, that's right. I did see that. Yeah, you're right. Because I, I was watching hurt. the Washington game and it flipped over yeah. to that right at the end. Yeah. So he got he got hurt, and that's why Beathard came in. But I'm surprised they didn't go to him like earlier. I'm not saying C.J. Beathard is earlier is a better option than Mullins, but I mean, it seems like Shanahan doesn't usually. He doesn't have a like a. Uh, a long leash on quarterbacks, and it just seems like he had a long leash on uh, on Mullins after Washington last week, and then this week with um with uh, Mullins again. Like I thought he would pull him quick because he's pulled Garoppolo pretty quick. Yeah, 
and then brought him back the next time. So that was uh, that was surprising. But the Cowboys, look, they did a good job with the run game. It might have been different if Moser didn't get hurt, but Jeff Wilson's still a capable back. I thought they were gonna. There was a really nice chance that they could each run for a hundred yards a pop. Moser probably was on his way to that if he doesn't get hurt. But they did a nice job against the run yesterday. The defense created turnovers again, which is something that they hadn't done uh, in a long, in a long time. They got four turnovers, two picks, two fumbles, um, and it was just a, it was a nice, I would say, all around performance from the Cowboys yesterday. And now, look, anytime you score forty one points, it's a good offensive performance. But uh, one part of that was the you only see this in college football is the onside kick re- re- uh, return for a touchdown. You only really see that in college, and usually it's got spread implications. Yeah, I, I didn't hate that move at all. It looked like he was going to go down for a second. Then he saw the alley and was like, I'm just taking this to the house, which good for him. I think that was the right call. Yeah. So offensive, well, it was. we talked about last week. I've said, are we really going to learn more about the Cowboys this week? Probably not. Uh, I but might, might pause on that. No, I'm saying that was the question going in is we didn't think we were going to learn anything. Oh, okay, yeah. And do you think that is, uh, do you think that has changed? It has for me for one specific player. For who? I think you could probably guess Zeke. Yes. Slash most mostly Tony Pollard. I think he's a capable back. I think he could be an every down back. I, I you were credit to you. You had mentioned that a couple weeks ago. You were on that early. Uh, but I, this game really showed me that I think he could be a premier guy. He can run. He can catch. He can block. Um. The only unfortunate part for the Cowboys now is though you can't you can't move yourself away from that contract from Zeke. Uh, you can move the player, but chances are you're gonna have to eat a good portion of that or or work something out to where um, you know whoever's taking him on isn't isn't taking the big hit for the cap. But I think I think this I think the end is near for Zeke and and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and the, I was critical of Tony Pollard earlier. And it's just because on special teams, I feel like he's not a great kick returner. It's always something of like he's fumbling it. He just he's not a good kick returner. But as a running back and definitely a receiving back, he's very capable. And it just looks like this year he has more burst than Zeke. Every time he comes in, it looks like he has more burst. Last week um, against the Bengals, he came in and it just looks like he just attacks the hole better than Zeke. And. Maybe the calf was hurting more last week than than it appeared for Elliot, but he just he just has that pop, and that's a reason why you don't pay your running back two years early a ridiculous contract because you have this guy coming in here, you drafted a guy in the third round, and you're like, okay, he could fill the shoes, like he could be a good backup, and then we'll we'll let Zeke go. Maybe we give him the franchise tag one year if he's still playing well. And off we go, and we don't have—we're not in cap hell, and we're not saddle ourselves with this contract. And you move on, and now it's—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's a disaster. And the thing too is, it's not like Zeke. The Cowboys want to. The Cowboys want to be an offense through Zeke. The problem is, when everyone is healthy, their asset is through the air. Like you, like the Browns. Nick Chubb is an asset, and they run there. He is one of the main focal parts of the offense, and he sets up the passing game. Mm -hmm. You don't see that in Dallas. In Dallas, it would be Dak throwing it to set Zeke up to open up the running lanes. 
So they wanna they want Zeke to be the the thing that sets the offense and makes the offense go when really it's the passing attack with the wide receivers that make it go. So you paid a guy who you think you want or who you want your offense to go through when the strength is completely opposite. Yeah, no, a hundred percent agreed. Um, you know, I think early, early in Zeke's career, um, it, they were successful running the offense through one hundred percent. But I mean, that was obviously a he had less, or he had more tread on the tires. B their offensive line was, you know, one of the the the, the top one in the, the top offensive line, top offensive unit, uh, excuse me, offensive line unit in the league. And so, you know, that that obviously, and then the more and more Dak started to develop and, and trust his receivers a little bit more, obviously the addition of Amari Cooper was a big deal. Then that changed. So I agree. And I think, that, I mean, between Zeke's contract, between Todd Gurley's contract, I mean, we've seen a lot of bad running back contracts just in the last three to five years, especially as the uh, the old saying goes, it's a passing league now. Uh, I think this this is just yet another example, and maybe the final one for teams to see that you don't need to pay your running backs. You don't. I mean, run them. For, you know, you get them for four or five years on their rookie contract. Great, like you said, if they're still playing well, give them the fr- excuse me, give them the franchise tag for a year, and then after that, you know, next guy up, and you can find plenty of running backs in the league, or excuse me, in the draft or wherever that'll that'll you know be uh, great for you. I mean, just look at the. Uh, the running backs this year, one of the top ones, James Robinson, undrafted. You know, obviously Antonio Gibson. I'm going to be a little biased there. Third round draft pick. Uh, you know, a lot of your your top running backs don't come out of the first round, so you can get those guys late. Uh, so you know, it's it's. It, I think this. I, I think we're getting off on a tangent here. But the real the real issue is, and that's that's Zeke's time coming to an end in, in Dallas. But again, it's just another another point in the uh, the column for don't pay your running backs. But you could also say, like, I know, like, when did you say Dalvin Cook is key to Minnesota? Like, they gave him a contract. That's probably going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's going to work no, out for no, them. I mean, obviously, there's no absolutes. You know, you pick no, no, one I guy know. Who's, yeah. who's absolutely balling out. So there's no absolutes. But more often than not. No, I agree. You know, you, you pay your running backs and, and something happens where, you know, either they get a big injury or they just, you know, start wearing down. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook is, is you know, one of one of the exceptions to the rule, but I think by and large, um, you know, that's not always the case. I agree. And like Derrick Henry is an exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. And I would even say McCaffrey is an exception to the rule, even though he's been hurt this year. Yeah, uh, see, I'm, I mean, that that one, too, I might lean lean more towards into the Z category because he I mean, when he's on the field, he's absolutely producing. He, you know, he's an animal out there, but you got to be on the field. And so it, it's it's. That and that's that's the other thing, you know. You with with, with a guy like McCaffrey who probably handles the ball, you know, fifty percent of the snaps. That that's going to wear down his body a lot quicker. And so those those are one of those. That's one of those things where you really gotta, you know, watch how much you're using a guy and usage rate and all that, uh, because that 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 clock starts winding a little bit faster the more and more they're handling. Yeah, no, I I I get that, but I'm just saying there are guys like I even think Kamara, even though they aren't using him properly or how they normally have been. I think like the top four guys, you're able to do it and see if they're a huge role. Like even I know you've McCaffrey and the help, but like everything goes through him. He's catching eight passes a game when he's healthy. Yeah. It's like he is the, but that's what I'm saying. It starts winding the clock a little bit faster on, on how, how long he's going to be around. No, for sure. For sure. It does. But still you gotta, you, the offense hasn't been the same when he's not in there. Yeah. No, you got to use him while you have him. No doubt. So that's why I think you just have to pay him and hope it, hope he stays healthy and then part of it too is like don't rush him back Mm -hmm. 
so then that he so he can get hurt again and then be out for the rest of the year. All right, so the Cowboys have the Eagles this week and then the Giants next week. They have to win both games. Washington has to lose both games for them to uh, win the division and make the playoffs. What do you think their chances are to make the playoffs, Ryan? Well, according to Khakis on NBC Sports, they, uh, or excuse me, on NBC uh, Football Night America, I think they have a 1% chance as it stands right now. And yes. I'm, ri- I'm riding with that. I would say it's pretty low. Who does? Oh, they've, the Washington has Carolina next week. Yeah, and then and finish then up with the Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles. They might back themselves into this into this. Well, lane. they had a tough one yesterday, but uh, the Eagles might have the best quarterback in the division right now. Right now, yeah, probably, probably, um, definitely the hottest. And that by that I mean the way he's playing. Yes. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe looks too. <laughs> I, might get I mean, he's hurt. playing, he's playing great. Um, but I think it is impressive though. You know, when Zach Martin went out, we were like, man, how is this offense going to move? Because when he went out earlier and they had Terrence Steele at the, at the tackles, it was, it was bad. They couldn't do anything against Washington. They, 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 they couldn't do any, anything against anybody. I think coaching, you got to credit the coaching. If it's Kellen Moore, McCarthy, the offensive line coach, like they have figured out ways to move the ball with, with Zach Martin. And I know Joe Looney's back. So then guys are playing uh, more position or so he's, that helps Connor Williams and all this, but the offensive line has looked pretty, pretty good. They gave up one sack to the Ravens on the Thursday night game yesterday. They gave up two sacks. Like the offensive line has definitely improved to give the offense a chance to move the ball, and that's coaching. So you got to give some credit there. Where uh, the coaching, we all want to pile on McCarthy, but I feel like he's doing a decent, a pretty solid job coaching here. The second half, as now since the bye week on, I know they haven't. They finally won two games in a row, but I feel like they've played much better since starting in the Pittsburgh game. I feel like that was the game where really he started to coach. It's like. Not take game management out of it. It seemed like coaching and getting the team prepared. He's been much better. Yeah, no, no doubt. He's uh, he's done a a good cleanup job here, a good mop up job with with you know how the season started. Um, I think he needs to move on from like Mike Nolan. Uh, like I think defense, that's gonna happen. The defense, you know, didn't do too bad yesterday stopping the run, but um, you know, yeah, just the way this defense has played and what we've seen so far. From this defense, this you know, this late into the season, you can't expect that day in and day out. So I think I agree. I think they need to move on from Mike Nolan. I think they will. Um, but uh, after that, and then I think you know, you get Dak back. I don't know if he's going to be ready for training camp next year or when he's going to be ready to go, um, if at all next year. I think that that obviously having your star quarterback is going to help a ton, and we'll really be able to see what Mike McCarthy can do with this team. Well, they say he's rehabbing extremely quickly, or the healing process is going extremely well quick Mm -hmm. so i would say that's a good thing when it comes to uh when it comes to uh comes to Dak. but then he has to have the trust in his in his leg that he's able to perform at the highest uh the highest level all right looking at the standings we can go back to the nfc east did you know the nfc east is the only division where they don't have a team eliminated from the playoffs yeah every other team every other division has at least one team eliminated from the uh, from the race, but uh, I still think the Washington, if they played the second half of every game and they didn't play the first half, they'd be like one of the best teams in the league. Oh, no doubt, no they doubt. They are so bad. 
so bad in the first half. And I guess you could say it's good coaching that they make adjustments to find ways to come back or maybe it's the defense. I don't know what it is, but they they find a way to get games closed because I watched the first half of that game and I was like, all right, this game is getting relegated off the uh, off the game mix on my laptop on Sunday ticket. We'll go to something else. And I come by check the score as games are winding up. I'm like, oh, got to put this one back on it. Oh, yeah, I mean, blocks. yesterday had a lot to do with uh, Dwayne Haskins. He stepped up his game after the two early picks where he was really trying to force the ball. Then he started getting more into, I would even say more so of that Alex Smith uh, mindset where he's just going to take what the defense gave him. wasn't Because that was the issue the first the first half uh, is he was trying to um, take too much or, or really push the issue and two really bad interceptions um, that he threw. And then after that, he was just taking what the defense gave him and <clears throat> was slowly working the ball down the field. If we make the extra point on the first touchdown – uh, where the Washington football team's in prime position to tie it up there at the end uh, rather than having to go for the touchdown because they had to go for a two-point conversion after the subsequent touchdown, and so they're down five. Uh, so it was brutal. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they played second half great. Defense stepped up. Defense was much better. I was surprised they weren't able to get as much uh, QB pressure as, as I was hoping for, uh, especially with as bad as that, that Seattle's offensive line has been. But um, – uh, the secondary for the Seahawks looked pretty good too. I don't know if that was more so Dwayne Haskins or or what, but they actually they were all they were flying all over the place. But uh, yeah, tough one. But I feel good about going against Carolina this week. I thought the uh, what pick did he throw in the end zone that kind of got deflected? I didn't think that was like that bad. Well, he was on the run, and if he would have, he could have ran for probably about seven, maybe even ten yards and got the first down. And uh, he threw. He, there was two guys right there, two Washington football team uh, players right there, two wide receivers as well as. Um, I believe two or three defenders. And so the ball gets deflected. Uh, Shaquille Griffin comes down with it. And so it, it, the, the second, the second interception was much more egregious. That one was just trying to be aggressive in the wrong spot. Uh, but I didn't hate it. I hated obviously the outcome, but the second one was really, really brutal. Yeah. All I mean, that AK camera, that thing was sick. That was really cool. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. More yeah. of that. That's the first time I'd seen that. Well, that's, that's that was their debut. Oh, well, that would make sense. That would make sense, and it was the only only time they've used it. Also, a weird game to pick to use that camera. Um, yeah, but uh, you think it'd I be like one of the more premier games? I yeah, I guess. But I I thought that was a cool, a cool, a really cool camera. All right, we'll go down the broadcasting wing again. Did you catch any Arizona? Uh, Philadelphia yesterday. Yeah, that, that was the game, the main game that I watched in the afternoon after the Washington game because obviously it had implications for Washington. Um, I know what you're going to bring up. The Aqib Tlaib hate. Hold on. I'm, what do you, where do you think my stance on Aqib Tlaib is? I figured that you were going to be against Aqib Tlaib. No. Me neither. Me neither. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. This is totally what it is. Um, so Aqib, Aqib Tlaib, I thought... He, there were definitely so. The problem with the keep to leave is it's not a keep to leave's problem, it's the football watcher's problem. A keep to leave does not sound like any other football bro- announcer out there, right? So you hear a keep to leave, he sounds different, and when you listen to him, like he struggles when uh, the play by play guy was his name, Brandon, whatever, yeah, it's Brandon the mad guy. Yeah. Um, when he set him up for 
Like when they went to the shot of both of them in the boot, first of all, what a fine suit of keep to leave had on yesterday. Would you expect anything less? No, but that was a that was a that was a hey, I'm here. I'm oh, yeah. I'm that's a here I'm here to stay suit. But when he would set him up for something in like that type of area where it's like we're not breaking down the plays, it's like tell us what might happen here, like when they went to the shot of just hey, we're talking in the booth. I thought he struggled there. He needs more coaching, but like breaking down the actual plays, I thought he was pretty good. The problem is he's learning on the job. Right. And you probably would want him to get some more like mock games going on. Um, And maybe Philadelphia, Arizona was too prominent of a game for him yesterday. Mm -hmm. But I thought there's definitely room to grow. He was something, he was different. He's exciting, and there's def- I saw people saying he was one of the worst analysts they've ever seen, they've ever heard. It's like the fourth time I think he's called the game. Yeah. Uh, but he's got room to grow. I think he's got room to grow. So, look, this is what I liked about him, is he wasn't trying to be anybody. He was a keep to leave announcing yes. a game. When we talked about Greg Jennings last week, Greg Jennings was trying to be Mr. Analyst, Mr. Color Guy, Mr. Whatever, and... It, it it just wasn't coming off, you know. Like you, you could tell that it, it was. It, that's not Greg Jennings. It wasn't Greg Jennings. How how he's you know how he is day to day, and maybe he is, and it just came off that way. Um, but as far as Akeeb, like I said, that was that was Akeeb to leave, and it, and it was it's just guys talking football. You know what I mean? Like like that. That's kind of how I took it. Like you're you're a really smart friend that maybe played a high level of college football or something like that, and you guys are sitting around talking. You both understand it, and. uh but like you say, yeah, when it comes when it comes to the TV stuff, yeah, obviously he still needs some work on it. He's only been uh, doing it for you know a couple of weeks this season. But as far as in game stuff, I didn't think it was bad at all, not at all. I didn't find one fault. Whereas you heard me sit here last week and talk about Greg Jennings and how 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 many you know things I had to say about him. Uh, you know, on the on the flip side here, I don't have a single negative thing to say about Akiba and that game he called. Other than like you said, the 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 TV stuff, the little intricate stuff that you don't. That uh, that a football guy isn't able to do, that was the only criticism, and there's room to grow there. I'm sure he will be able to, but as far as everything else, zero issue with it whatsoever. In fact, enjoyed it because it used to be Charles Davis and that guy, and I cannot stand Charles Davis. I, I think like it, Charles Davis. I think it's because of Madden. I think that's what's ruined it for me because I used to like him too. Like I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. But I think Madden has ruined Charles Davis for me. Gotcha. Yeah, that's probably it. I like Charles Davis, but yeah, he's just himself. Like he's not trying to be the stereotypical color analyst guy that's worked in the job forever and knows all the th- like I thought he was it was an entertaining it was an, he was entertaining like see this this is where I stand and this might be you know not the case but kind of how I feel if you were critical of Jason Witten being who he was in the booth then Akeem Talib should be a refreshing of what Jason Witten was and I know it's kind of comparing apples to oranges but still Jason Witten was trying to be like I said like Greg Jennings Mr uh analyst whereas Akib was like I said just just talking football and just seeing what he was t- seeing what he saw seeing what you know saying what he would what he would do in certain situations breaking plays down from you know his mind of what he's learned and that was you know that was enjoyable for me yeah yeah but I also think it's a little different because Witten was having a third guy and they would have to like throw it down to booger on the sidelines and it was just a different type of dynamic mm-hmm. rather than just yourself breaking down the play yeah but okay, my other thing 
in the media, NFL media, is maybe you saw my tweet. How do you how do you think Jack Collinsworth got that football night in America hosting job so early in his career? You know, probably hard work, dedication to his craft, <laughs> just sticking through it. Probably probably had to get some coffee for a couple people for a few years and then finally got to finally got a shot and he ran with it. He he put himself up by the boots bootstraps and went to work. He just took his grinding away in the small markets for twenty years. Yeah, just took his lunch pail to work every day, just punching that time card, took his hard hat. And just went to work and grinded day in and day out. So I was trying to find out how old he was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first line of his NBC Sports bio is the son of Sunday Night Football analyst Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, you don't say. You don't say. <laughs> I would say that's not what you would really like. As the Jack first Collinsworth line. is 26 years old. Yeah, I know he is. He graduated college in 2017 from Notre Dame. And he got hired at ESPN to like host NFL Live on the weekends, I think, and then got this. To his credit, though, he's not bad. Fine, sure, yeah, sure, he's not bad. But what's what? How do you mess up that job? Yeah, no, I don't. Like you're on the camera for what three minutes of a night? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you really mess that up? You're not asked to break down anything. You're just asked to read a couple things from the prompter, come up with a script. Well, I think he did a couple things for ESPN too. No, he did. He was with ESPN first with NFL Live. Yeah, and he did pretty well on that. Like I remember, I remember thinking that he was actually older than he was because he wasn't bad. But I mean, obviously, you know, with pops being Chris Collinsworth and who oh, he is, yes. you know, <laughs> that was able to uh, bust the door wide open for old Jackie boy. Oh, bust the door wide open. And his, and his thing, it says that he went to Notre Dame. Uh, and when he was there as a freshman, he worked at like the college radio station or something. And then he worked as an intern on the M because NBC does uh, Notre Dame football. Mm-hmm. So right. he worked on like that production crew and got all that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely for him working hard and uh, pulled himself up by the bootstraps. All right. Other NFC East uh, was the Giants. And after watching them last night, how the Giants beat Seattle, I think that's a bigger mystery to me than the Jets beating the Rams yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I know I had the Rams on in the picks, but. You could, I could, I could see with Darnold. You know what? The Jets—they've been playing better lately, and the Rams coming off a Thursday night had extra long week. The Rams will will lay a clunker on you. How Seattle or how Seattle lost at home to the Giants with Colt McCoy? I know there's no fans, but that is one of the most amazing. That that's the victory of the year, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's why I was a little. Uh... You know, I was hoping that that maybe Dwayne Haskins would would be able to capture some magic as well, doing the same. Yeah, I know that, but boy, that was—he's a professional. But that was the Giants. I think they're—they got the Ravens this week. They need Daniel Jones back to have a chance in that. I seriously still think I said a couple. I think it's Washington. It's Washington's division to lose. Well, yeah, I mean, as it sits right now, it definitely is. Um, yeah, just like the Giants need need Daniel Jones back. Obviously, Washington needs Alex Smith yes. back as soon as possible. Um, I've offered to donate both my calves to Alex Smith if he needs them. I'm not using them much. Um, what about your fake, your fancy football or your uh, flag football thing? You want to yeah, for that? You know what? If I need to sacrifice my flag football career for Alex Smith and, and Washington to make a little run here, I, I'm willing to h- hang him up for that. So if that's the case and something I need to do, credit to me for taking that bullet. <laughs> all right. All right. But yeah, <laughs> so the Giants have then the Ravens and 
the Cowboys coming up, so they need to win. Well, they just need to tie Washington because they own the tiebreaker. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, the de- the defense is good. The, the just Cole McCoy, I don't think he's going to win. He's not beating the Ravens. I'll tell you that. It was funny. I heard a funny line, and it said Colt McCoy is good for two wins for you, whether he's playing. Two games, four games, or 16 games, he'll get you two wins. So it's just a, <laughs> it's up to you on how you deploy him. I thought that was pretty funny because it's kind of true. Kind of true. I would also, uh, it is true. I would also like to defend Freddie Kitchens here. Oh. Uh, did you see the fake field goal that was going oh, on? Of course. That that was, that was, I mean, that wasn't his call, obviously. Thank you. But everybody was saying that was his call. That was not no. his call. He's the offensive coordinator. He's not the special teams coach. Yes, he's, he's not, not the head coach. He's not the head coach who makes that call of saying, "Hey, we're going. We're going to fake it here." Uh, yes. That's yeah. That's not. That's not. That's not on him. Yes, that was not on him. People were like, "Oh, Freddie, thanks for that." I was like, "That's a special teams call." You could clearly see Joe Judge on the sideline when the one to him, putting his hands above his head, doing some whatever. Yeah, um, that was not Freddie Kitchens. So lay off, Freddie. This uh, is my this is my thought on this, and you probably agree because you know, you understand football. Like if you're going to do, if you're going to run that play, just put your offense on the field and go for it. I agreed, but the kicker was wide open. He was. Yeah, but he I mean, was wide open. If, if I'm, if, if I'm picking a kicker to throw the ball to or a center, I think I'm taking the center nine times out of 10 <laughs> Yeah, on that. Yes. And then there's another thing. People were like clowning Joe judge for like not kicking the field goals yesterday when they had, were in the, in the red zone. You weren't going to win that game with field goals. Thank you. He saw how the Browns offense was moving the ball through the air. He, the Browns could have scored 35 if they needed to yesterday. Mm-hmm. They could have scored as many points as they wanted. He knew they weren't winning with field goals, so he tried to get touchdowns, and that's a smart coach. It didn't work out, but it's not like, yeah. what are those two field goals going to make are going to do for you? It's going to be 13-6 going in a half. Like, you're not, you're not in the game with field goals. You're not kicking field goals all the time and having a chance to win that game. Because so. if he kicks those field goals, you know what everyone's saying, right? He should have gone for the touchdowns. Is the you're Browns? Gonna, yeah, you're not going to with 95 yards on the field twice. <laughs> exactly. So he was probably in the lose lose there. Um, but the 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 biggest, I mean, the biggest blemish is going to be that fake field goal. Otherwise, I think everything else would have been okay. For sure. That's why we just need a a, a legit a legitimate like every booth should have an analytic person in there to explain the reasoning to the people that don't understand or like just like why. Like Collinsworth last night couldn't figure out why they were leaving. Tarico were like, well, I've, they're leaving points on the field. It's like, have you not? You're watching the game. They cannot stop them. Like, to be fair, sometimes Mike's uh, head and brain are, are elsewhere during. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. um, but uh, yeah. All right. Elsewhere in the NFL, the, the big one, you got to say the biggest story was what happened in LA with the Jets as yeah. they beat the uh, Rams. 23 to 20 the holding calls were 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 all every, every in the fourth quarter it seemed like every good run the rams had was a hold was because of the result of a hold including a touchdown that was wiped out from a hold and the jets win if you really look at it that probably should have been about their third win of the season oh yeah absolutely like they're they're bad but they they weren't like 0 and 13 bad Mm-mm. now they've laid some real stinkers but they should have beat the Patriots on Monday night. They should have beat Oakland. Um, that should have been about their third one. And now that takes themselves out of, well, not takes them some, themselves out of, but they do not now own the number one pick because of strength of schedule. They have a, they faced a harder schedule 
then uh, Jacksonville, and Jacksonville would have the number one pick. Jacksonville has the Bears this week, and then I think the Colts to wrap up the season. And Jacksonville won their first game. They're about to lose 15 in a row. And uh, Jets people are going berserk that they're losing out on Trevor Lawrence, which I understand. But again, as we've talked about before, when they beat the Raiders, the players are going out to win. You're not telling them to lose. If you wanted to tank, they don't fire Adam Gase. Or, excuse me, they don't fire Greg Williams. Right. Because Greg Williams loses that game against the Rams. The new defensive coordinator, the interim, whoever it is, did not lose it. Greg Williams would have found a way to lose. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, what if... I, I was pulling up the uh, the Jets' remaining schedule here. I mean... They got the Browns this week and the Patriots. I I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they beat the Patriots uh, week 17. And that's not Bill Belichick tanking so that it first... I mean, because they're, they're locked in the two spot now no matter what. Um, unless, they, unless they rattle off two wins here, but... Um, as bad as that Patriots offense has been, and I don't who is the interim defensive coordinator over there in, in Jacksonville, or excuse me, in in uh in New York. No, Do you idea. know, no me idea. neither. But I mean, maybe this guy's you know, a guy that's trying to make his bones and trying to get a you know, trying to make of a name for himself. So, so he uh, you know, is gonna start dialing up the correct thing and start using guys in the correct way. And uh, you know, maybe they get maybe they snag another win here or there. And uh, you know, you you see, like you said, this team isn't actually 0 13 bad. And the thing too, it's like everyone's like, "Oh man!" They, well, I don't know if they're locked into the. Well, if they if they win these last two and the Bengals win the, their their or lose their last two, then then they'll fall to the to three. Yeah. Um, but also, like the players are playing for jobs for next year, just not only on the Jets but on other teams. So like they're not going to go out and be like, "Oh, you know what? If I'm trying to sign, why did you make them?" Well, you know what? I was thinking for Trevor Lawrence. Just for the fans' sake, because I love the fans. Like, get out of here. Obviously, the owner and the GM probably want them to lose because they know what it's for for their future, and they, or especially the owner, the Johnson family, they know what it means for them in the future. But the players and even the coaches on the staff, they know they're they're not going to be there next year. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, they're going to go out and try and win. Um, But it does suck when Trevor Lawrence is sitting. uh, is sitting right there. All right. Anything else in the NFL this week that uh, caught your eye? Um, that Saints defense is no joke. I think they're they're pre- they're really good. Um, Booger McFarland said they're the number one defense in the league. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I, I think it just went to show that the Chiefs are just unbelievable. Um, that was you know kind of the Bears. I don't know what to think of them. I don't know what to think of the Vikings. They both stink. They're both decent. Mitch is I don't good. Know. I don't know about that. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> David Montgomery is good. And so I think, uh, what's his name? Nagy finally realizing, hey, if we just hand the ball off to this guy and don't make our quarterback throw the ball 30 or 40 times a game, we'll be pretty good. I mean, he goes 32 rushes for 146 yards and two tutties. Um, you know, that's that's uh, that was pretty impressive. Tom Brady is the official owner of the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's – I think uh, Art Blank had to sign over the deed to the team to Tom Brady for coming back on them. The Bucks, I don't think, are very good. I think whoever plays the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs is getting a gift because I don't think they're any good. Um, There's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. With Brady gunning his offense in there, Bruce Arians and Byron Leffis, too many cooks in there. Yeah. I'm telling you. I've been saying it for weeks. Now I've been yeah. saying they have too many weapons, but they have too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So that was that was my biggest takeaway. 
uh from uh i'm from still not week. sold on the cardinals i think they're getting bounced. oh no they yeah. make the playoffs they're getting bounced in the first that's right look I've, i don't want to turn this into a redskins podcast but if uh or washington football team podcast but if washington gets in i have no problem playing uh the bucks or the cardinals if the vikings find a way to sneak in give me them like none of those teams really worry me or scare me uh right now so you know sign me up for any of those three teams um yeah i'm not the NFC definitely is the weaker conference this year of the uh, of the two. Yeah, absolutely. I would think it's it's uh, top heavy. The top the top is really good, but like I would take who the, is the top? Just the Rams or the Saints and Green Bay. Oh yeah, that's right, Green Bay. Yeah, that's true. But that's uh, true. but I mean, I guess Kansas City and Buffalo, I'd put right there with them. So who knows? Yeah, uh, I just feel like the. I mean, you got you got six teams that have won. 10 games at least mm-hmm. um, in the AFC. And there's two in the NFC right now. All right. To college football, the playoff was announced yesterday. I think it was as expected. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state and Notre Dame are your four. So Alabama, Notre Dame playing in the playoff semifinal number one, which is going to be in Arlington. They're not calling it the Rose bowl. I think, I don't know what they're calling it. Um, and then really? the sugar, huh? They're not calling it the Rose bowl. I think they're changing it. They're, it's going to be presented by Capital One because Capital One is the sponsor for the Rose Bowl, right. but I don't know if they've said they're calling it the Rose Bowl. They um, should call it the um, – what's the – oh, shit. I'm going to get roasted for not knowing this. Uh, this joke would have been way funny if I would have remembered it. Uh, what are those little blue flowers on the side of the road? The Blue Bonnet Bowl? The Blue Bonnet Bowl. There you go. That's what it should be <laughs> called, the Capital One Blue Bonnet Bowl. Um, it's the, they're the majestic sun setting over the mountains, uh, of the Rose bowl will now have the majestic sun setting over the Walmart <laughs> in Arlington, blasting through the, the windows blasting, in the midfield. Yes. Blasting through the windows when kickoff is at four o'clock. So we got the first <laughs> hour and a half of, uh, well, maybe even longer 40 minutes. Cause you know, it's today's the, uh, shortest day of the year. Yeah. So then the days start getting longer. So maybe a little bit longer um, of that. So of the four teams after Notre Dame got blown out by Clemson, did you think they were still going to be in? Yeah, I think it would have had to have been like 50 to three for them to get bounced out. I agree. And I think, you know what? I think if Iowa State would have won, I think then they would have had an argument. I don't think the Aggies ever had a chance. The only way the Aggies had a chance to make the playoff is if is if uh, Ohio State lost. And if Clemson would have lost. Yes, that's the only chance they would have had to make the playoffs. Now, let me ask you, how puckered were you watching the first half of that Ohio State game? Because they couldn't do anything. I'm not. I thought, I mean, I thought they were going to beat North. I was. I mean, not, even the first three quarters was, you know, was close. It was there. Well, no, the problem was in the second half when they were. The, my biggest problem was that they weren't just continuing to run the ball. Yeah. Like Northwestern was like, we'll let you run the ball. We're not going to let you pass it. And they would rattle it. They would fire off a run for like 60 yards mm-hmm. and then throw it just like, just run the ball. Yeah. You're going to be able to score. 
Yeah, then, yeah. I was watching the game because uh, I had baseball, and I was watching. I was at the first watching the first half up at the facilities, and one of the guys that works there with me, you know, he was saying, "Oh, you know, look, check this out." Blah blah blah. We're talking. It's like, look, when it comes down to it in college football, the better athletes, ninety eight percent of the time, win. You know, what I mean, if you have the better athletes sure. on the field, you're going to take over, and you're going to be able to win. And obviously, that was the case there uh, with with Ohio State and Northwestern. Well, they were also out twenty two guys. They were out four safeties. They were out their top receiver. Olave, and then they were out there number three receiver. So they had a lot of guys out. And that looks like a team that didn't play against that hadn't played in two weeks and was sluggish and had played their sixth game. Like that's they looked like a team that was it that was in the middle of their season. You know, when say you come off a of bye week, it's like week six, there's a team that comes out slow or whatever. That's what they looked like. Also, Northwestern is a pretty good defense. Like yeah, really I don't good. think very, people very like good. very good defense. And Ohio State was able to run it all over them. But uh, the playoffs, here's the thing. Everyone's like, we need to expand the playoff this year. Expand it. This is the year when you just need the BCS. There are two elite teams out there. Yeah. Oh, Alabama and Clemson. I don't yeah. think anyone's arguing that. Yeah. There's really no need for the playoff. Now, I will say the Ohio, Ohio State, I think the Ohio State game is going to be closer than the Alabama game. Because Ohio State's got that bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, 100%. Clemson. They got screwed by the refs so hard in that game. The fumble mm-hmm. when Sean Wade ripped it out. I think it was Justin Ross's hands. The targeting they're going to be mad at. And yes, this Ohio State team is not as talented as that team last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But they are going to be chomping at the bit to be Clemson. And then did you see the AP coaches poll today? Yep, Dabo. Dabo, the only Your team. Boy. The only coach that the only coach that didn't rank Ohio State in the top six. He had him at eleven. Like just bulletin board material. Yeah, and yeah that, that's it. that's the only issue there. I, I don't hate the move, but the fact that you just put bulletin board material for Ohio State, that's the real issue. For sure. And mm-hmm. you don't tell me that Ryan Day has that printed off all over uh the facility this morning mm-hmm. like they one of the players went live on in the thing and he goes well, i just need all your effort for one game one game and then we'll play the national title like we we know we could beat them all this like you just gave them the bulletin board material and yes clemson is the far superior team i think um but there's something about bulletin board material that Dabo he loves to manufacture it for himself that no one believes we're going to be here he can't do that this year. He can't do the bulletin board material for his team. Yeah, and, well, you know, he, he could try to use the whole, uh, you know, people wanted to count us out after we lost to Notre Dame, whatever. You know, no he one should... counted them out, though. Exactly. They were third. They were but third in the nation. Tell me that's not prime Dabo making up a narrative. It's total, but there's no way the players can buy that. Right. They cannot uh, buy So, So, you know, that's the only thing I can think of. The only thing, too, Ryan Day – to me, he's he's the mad scientist where he's he's the the game plan guy, and that's where he puts his players in the best position to win. He doesn't strike me as the rah-rah type like a Dabo, where he can just put his best athletes on the field, get them fired up, get them to buy in, and then go from there. Whereas Ryan Day, I think, really has to coach, if that makes sense. It does, but I saw the rah-rah in that coach and that players in IG live that was on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't see it. So if, if that's the case and I'm misreading that, then, then by all means, I don't, I'm not counting Ohio state out of this at all because of what you said about last year. Granted, they have, uh, you know, lost a lot of, of talent on that team from last Tons. year. Um, but speaking of while, while we're on the subject of Ohio state, I, I can't remember if I tweeted it 
from my account or not, but if I'm the Jets, I don't know if I'm taking Justin Fields. Yeah, I I thought I don't think he's he's up and down. Well, not only that, Ohio State's puts some absolute dogs in the NFL. Some of the best players we've seen. Not a quarterback though. None at quarterback. Because I actually looked it up. Because I was like, because yeah. after Haskins fiasco was going, I was like, when was the last time Ohio State had a good quarterback? Not a the long answer, time. Never. The answer is never. They've yeah. never had a good quarterback in the NFL. Um, so it's Dwayne Haskins was in fact was the second best uh, NFL quarterback. Um, so if that tells you anything, but so that's the only thing for whatever reason, Ohio state gets some dudes at every other position, literally every other position that go to the NFL and have success. But quarterback is not one of them. Well, they've had good college quarterbacks. They just right. haven't had, like JT Barrett was never, uh, you never thought of him and like, man, this guy's going to be a good pro. That was the other thing. Like three of their quarterbacks turned into wide receivers in the, in the NFL, you know, Terrell yeah. Pryor played quarterback for a little bit, but he became a wide receiver. Braxton Miller became a wide receiver. I think JT Barrett tried out as a wide receiver and then went and played in the AAF as a, as a, uh, as a quarterback. But yeah, so that's, that's the only thing that uh, I would be hesitant about, about Justin Fields. As but I said, good, good at good college athletes that can play quarterback, but they were never going to be NFL guys. Yeah. Like and, Troy Smith was always too short. Yeah. Um, Craig Krenzel, when they won the national title, he had no chance. Like they, they, they just build their team around the quarterback and the quarterback does enough to win. Right. Um, but like Haskins, if he got good coaching, maybe some faith in the guy, he might be good. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, I said, might, I don't, I don't, it's, it's tough. It's a tough scene out there, but the talent there, the talent is there. Just it's the decision-making and he doesn't uh, have, he's not trusting what he's seeing right now. Yeah. I think that comes to coaching. Um, but, uh, yeah, fields, who knows? I think he could be good. He's, he's still young. He's got the potential there. Was Jamie upset that the Aggies were not in? Uh, oh yeah. 100%. What was she, so, what were, also, what was the Aggies argument to get in the playoff? That Ohio state only played six games. That was their only, that's that was what I only. thought it was. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what it was because you're the floor, the, the win against Florida, they got three losses. Mm-hmm. You won seven SEC games in a row. Do we need to rattle off the games that you won? They only beat two teams with a with a winning record, and one of them was Auburn, who won six games. Yes. So they like the SEC was so bad this year. A and M took advantage of beating all those teams. And look, you have to win those games. Credit to them, they won them. But the best win they had was Florida, who ended up losing three times. And all the other games you beat were against a bunch of bad teams. So that was my whole defense. Or I don't understand what the argument was for A&M getting it, other than that Ohio State didn't play enough games. Uh, I forget who it was. It might have been uh, Reese Davis. or might, I forget who it was yesterday. During Reese the- Davis was so mad Ohio State was in the playoff yesterday. And I <laughs> usually like Reese Davis, but he was he was on his high horse about playing the amount of games matters. Reese, it's not Ohio State's fault that the Big Ten made the season an eight-game season. That's not their fault. Yeah. But uh... – I forget if it was him or maybe it was Jesse Palmer that was like, "Look, A and M hit their ceiling. That like five was as high as they could go yes. because of because of what you what we just mentioned about who they beat, uh, when they beat them, everything. And then and then the fact that you lose by thirty to Alabama. If you if that's a close game, you probably have a better argument. You know, if it's a seven point game, shoot, even a ten point game, I think you have a better argument. Um, but since you got blown out by by Alabama, that really kind of wipes away everything. But uh, yeah, I, I I took a video of her without her knowing while we were watching it. I was hoping for some electricity, and uh, the, you know there was a little bit because you know she's she's watching it. And then when Ohio State comes up, she goes, "What? Ohio State only played six games? That's bullshit." <laughs> she goes, "That's bullshit. Why do they only get to play six games and they get in?" 
And I was like, they had to change the rules for him to get into the, the championship, too. She goes, see, that's ridiculous. A&M should be in there. And then uh, she gave the old the old Aggie um, line that they, they do every year. She goes, well, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought they were going to say we don't get the respect we deserve. No, no, no. The, uh, I feel like every every Aggie is, oh, well, maybe next year. So I heard I was watching the miss the LSU uh, Ole Miss game, and then it when that ended, it went over to like SEC Nation or SC, whatever that show is on SEC Network. Tim Tebow was really really playing to the SEC company line there. His defense of A and M getting into the playoff was that it was once twenty one to fourteen against Alabama in the first half, so they should be in the playoff. Yeah, that's not going to work, Timmy boy. Timmy, that's the worst defense ever. Anything that might actually work against AM in that that is because they lost by 30. Like, that doesn't, if anything, Cincinnati, I think, has the biggest gripe of not even being considered Mm. because they went nine and oh, they had a better SP plus, which is some analytics thing. They had a better every uh, uh, SP plus than um, Notre Dame. Uh, AM, like, if this was a year to put a group of five team in, this was it. Yeah, they go 10 and 0 Cincinnati. They played Memphis SM like they had good offs as UCF. They played good offenses and shut them down. Like have a good defense. Were they going to get probably steamrolled by Alabama? Sure. But you know what? It's better than watching Notre Dame do it. Doesn't everyone think Notre Dame's going to get blown out by 30? Absolutely. Yeah. So what, I would rather see Cincinnati do it than Notre Dame. So Just I there's something different. I have a question for you now that you brought up Notre Dame. And it might be because he's such an asshole, because nobody really likes him. But is he Brian the kid? <laughs> that too. Yeah, that too. But is he like one of the more underrated coaches we've seen in the last five or ten years? Brian Kelly? Yeah. He's I don't he's a good coach. I don't is he underrated, you think? I think so. I mean, he's had he he had Notre Dame in the national championship, you know, against Alabama again. They got steamrolled the Manti Teo years. Uh this this is the second time in the last what three years that they've he's had Notre Dame back in the playoff. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's done a really good job with this Notre Dame team. He's never going to get the five-star recruits, the five-star athletes at the Clemson's and the Alabama's, the, you know, even throw in OU and Ohio state. He's never going to get those guys, but I think he's actually done a pretty good job with this team, with this program, um, outside of the, uh, the manslaughter. But other than that, like I said, I think he's more underrated, uh, than, than people give, or he, he's a better coach than what people give him credit for. And I don't think it gets talked about quite a bit about how he, how good of a coach he's been. I mean, he was a good coach at what Cincinnati, I believe that's where he came from right before Cincinnati, Notre Dame. He was central Michigan and Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think he's, no, he's I think, good. Yeah. I think he's been a really good coach. And like I say, he doesn't give the media a whole lot. Um, you know, and he, he's, he's a little, we we've seen it in person. He's not a little, he's oh, very he's much, smug. he's terrible. very much smug. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I, that was just, that was just thought that came to mind this weekend. Yo, no, he's a good coach. Um, because he also gets brought up. He was he's get the occasional gets brought up in the, uh, um, in the uh, NFL jobs. Yeah, like he's kind of brought up there sometimes. So I don't think anyone denies he's a good coach. It's just that whatever happens, whatever. The biggest thing in that game was that the Clemson defense showed up. Yeah, like they played much better than they did in the first game. And I think that was surprising that the Notre Dame offense. I know they got a couple guys back on the defensive line, but like I don't think we've seen that Clemson defense performance this year. Um, So I would say that was the surprising uh, thing there. But uh, all right. So we've put him credentials for the Cotton Bowl. 
in the championship semifinal, Alabama Notre Dame. So hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we get some access. I think we find out like Wednesday if we get access to those. I'll be waiting, holding my breath. I hope so, man. I hope at least one of them. Yeah, I think the, I think we got a better chance for the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that's the other thing before. too. I wish we would have seen. I wish it would have been a, uh, OU A and M at the Cotton Bowl just to see not only you know two regional teams that you know if you know under different circumstances probably would have sold out the entire stadium, but also. Then it, that would be that would have been another chance for AM to maybe prove like, hey, we belong to the top four. If they, they would play North on, Carolina, they play North Carolina, who stinks. I don't know if they stink. I think North Carolina, they got a good offense. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. I don't think that game's going to be very, very close. So we'll right. see. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. The, here's the thing, though: would the more national audience want to watch Oklahoma, Florida, or Oklahoma A and M? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we all know the answer to that. Yes, like Oklahoma, Florida. Even though without Kyle Pitts, like that's a good, that's a tasty game. Yeah, that is a tasty there. All right, do you want to get into some bowl picks? Do you have some picks? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, what was your college record this weekend for the regular end of the regular season? <sighs> Boy, so if you want to look behind the curtain on how Ryan's gambling days can go, sometimes <laughs> not good. So we started off uh, Saturday one and three, or excuse me, one and four. And then I had three games canceled. So I was, I was looking at, and I, like, I only had one more game to go. And so I was like, well, let's load her up. Let's, let's, start, let's start piling some more games on here. So I tweeted out three more games. And wouldn't you know it, lost all three. <laughs> so instead of, of two and four that I would have been, I ended up two and seven. So I'm now 78, 70, and one on the college season. All right. Uh, I started off Friday night, oh two and one, another tie. Rutgers plus seven. The one of the losses. Did you have the Mac over? I had the Mac over in the Ball State Buffalo game. Yes. How that did not go over? Yeah. There, there were, were what, fifty what fifty six points in the first half. Yes, and the yeah. total was sixty seven. They scored ten in the second half. Yeah. They didn't score a point in the third in the fourth quarter. How that game didn't go over? Well, truly, I will not understand. Uh, so I went two, uh, three, and one. I am now at 76, 68, and four on the season. I finished the regular season. And then I have uh, the over in the bowl game today, App State UNT, which I don't really like, but whatever. On on Thursday, when we locked it in, the over was 62. Now it's at 67. So I guess I like that better than 67. I'm seeing it right now at 64. Oh, really? 64 and a half. I see on ESPN it's at 67 in Action Network. Um, okay. Who knows? Lines all over the place. All right. What do you What do you got for? Uh, let's just give the bowl games until uh, until Friday. So you don't want to? Well, how about we just do them Monday through Wednesday, so that way Thursday we have our. Wouldn't that make more sense? Yeah. Well, the Thursday ones at 2:30. Let's do give the one on Christmas Eve. Okay. And then we'll do Friday. Bovada has that 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 total at sixty eight and a half for the App State North Texas game. Okay. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and take I'll take App State today minus twenty one. Uh, I think North Texas kind of stinks, and App State's actually not bad. So I'll I'll go ahead and lay the points. I know I was apprehensive on on Thursday when we talked, but after thinking about it, after having a terrible week weekend, uh, let's go ahead and, and roll with that. Uh, I'm gonna go Tulane Nevada over fifty five and a half. Uh, I got BYU laying the seven against Central Florida. 
Uh, I like Georgia Southern laying the six against Louisiana Tech. I like the over 50 in the Florida Atlantic uh, Memphis game. And then this number baffles me a little bit, but I like the Hawaii Houston over 59 and a half. Did you know that game's in Frisco? I did. The New Mexico, New Mexico Bowl. Bowl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, crazy. All right. I'm going to take, as I said, I got the over today in App State, North Texas. Uh, I'm going to take the over in BYU Central Florida at 72 and a half. How do you, before I keep it, how many bowl games do you think are going to get canceled when they're about to be played because of Corona? You know oh. there's got to be some. Oh, yeah. I mean, six. There's already been four that have been canceled before we've already kicked off. And it's also a joke that Army is not in a bowl game at nine and two and South Carolina at two and eight is in a bowl game. Yeah. Like South Carolina, have some pride and opt out. Just say, you know what? We're not playing in a bowl game. Even Mississippi State at three and seven, they shouldn't be playing in a bowl game. They're playing in the Armed Forces Bowl and Army can't even get in the Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah. I understand TV contracts, but that's a little, that's ridiculous. Um, but all right, I will end of rant. We'll keep giving picks out here. So I had the UCF over. Give me uh, I'll take Nevada plus three tomorrow. On Wednesday, we will go with the. Uh, I'll go with the over in Memphis FAU, and then I will take. Uh, the over in Hawaii, Houston. I think I'm just going to, I'm telling you overs, I think in the bowl season, I have no reason why to believe they're going to hit. I just think kids don't care and they're going to want to score a lot of points. Yeah. That's my rationale. No, I mean, I think that's, that's very fair. And, so, and, we're, and plus we're probably going to see a lot of guys that are opting out here at the end. For sure. Like, you know, like we do every year, but I think more so this year. And so you're going to be having your third, fourth, fifth string safety playing there. You know what I mean? So it's going to be, I think it's going to be points galore. I I hope so. Um, I hope so on that uh, as well. All right, and before we wrap up here, Ryan, do you know who stole the weekend in the sports world? Um, I would say maybe the NHL. Okay, I wasn't thinking that. NHL, I do like they're announcing January 13th they're started, the divisions, new divisions this year because the Canada teams, I don't think they're allowed to travel to the U.S. right now. Yeah. So they're all playing in the same division, which I kind of like. I think that's kind of cool. Um, the NBA season starts on Wednesday. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Or it starts tomorrow. We could talk Ooh, about that. I'm glad you brought the NBA. I got, I got one quick question before we leave. All right. But who stole the sports weekend in my mind was Charlie Woods. Oh, Charlie Woods. Yep. As soon as the, <laughs> I, you know what? It's right before you said it. Yeah, absolutely. Took it over by storm. He did. He was getting people watching golf. He's growing the game already. I saw people saying, my kids are watching this. They want to go to the range. That kid is electric factory at 11. He was awesome. He was good, obviously. Uh, Tiger was hilarious. He didn't really show some emotion, but he didn't show a lot of emotion. Uh, I didn't really, well, I didn't watch any yesterday. I watched a bunch of it on Saturday because it was tape delayed yesterday, which was, I thought, crazy. The one time people are complaining about the father-son champ challenge or whatever being tape delayed. But Charlie Woods was an electric factory this weekend, just pumping drives right down the middle. He was Charlie Woods was fantastic. Fist pumping like a champ. I mean, yes, just all, all the side by sides of him and his dad. Yeah, they were cool. It was awesome. It was uh it was awesome. 
Yeah, no, it was. It was really, really neat to see. I mean, it was it was crazy to see how good he was at such a young age. I mean, just absolutely, <laughs> yeah. just stripe show sniping things left and right. Well, he made uh, his first for Eagle that like five Eagle one that he a hooked around on yeah. Saturday. Absolutely, I know. Unreal. Uh, I don't. I don't think I've ever made an eagle yet. So, I mean, credit to him. But yeah, the side by sides on the driving range were super cool. Uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. So that was that was that was real fun to see. Yeah. So he definitely stole the weekend, and I think people were like maybe apprehensive or whatever. But like, all right, I only he's he's no one. I think they usually say like, hey, thirteen, you get this kid. They can play in that. Yeah. Because it's only for major winners. I thought it was. And then somehow Matt Kuchar got in there. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, he was hilarious. The funniest one was when he was on Saturday, he hit the drive, picked up the tee when the ball's apexing and then gives a thumbs up before it even lands. Yeah. That was, that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was. Uh, but uh, yeah. So now I saw people saying, can I get 20, 30 masters odds for Charlie Woods right now? <laughs> Um, what, so it will be fun to see him play in the, uh, in this next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where his career goes. Cause like you said, the way it's set up right now, man, the guy, the kid's already in a, in a prime position. It It is. And that's the thing too, of like athletes with, you could say the same thing with like Bronny jr. Absolutely. We're going to find out, uh, sooner than Charlie Woods. Like the thing with Michael Jordan is maybe those kids weren't as talented, they weren't as talented, obviously, as uh, MJ, but maybe they didn't have the work ethic or they just got tired. They don't want to be in their father's footsteps. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's different for. Um, maybe it's different for these two guys. Like, I think Bronny Jr., he definitely wants to play in the league. Yeah. And Charlie Woods, for sure, looks like he wants to. He wants to play uh, professional golf or he, he loves the game. So that's. It'll be interesting to see what's what's going on. No, I agree. Yeah, it will be. All right. What's your NBA question? Uh, so we'll we'll talk about the Mavs, like you said. But what would you put their percentage at right now to win the championship? Uh, maybe like ten percent. Ten percent. What do you think they're missing? Experience. Ex- I think they just need more experience. They need a year to go through it again. Like. Now, would you say they need another piece or just more experience as a team? I think they probably need another piece and more experience as a, as a team. What if you could get a more experienced piece and he'd be your third best option? Who? Who do you think, baby? Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Tell me you put Harrison Barnes on this team right now. They don't make a run. Tell me they don't make at least the, the Western Conference Finals. Tell they, don't me that. Make, they, they don't need Harrison Barnes to make the Western Conference Finals. But if they added him, do they need him? Maybe not. But if they added him, that team is going to the Western Conference Finals. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're losing to the Lakers, but that team is going to the Western Conference That's Finals. That's the thing, too. I don't think they can beat the Lakers. I don't think anybody can beat the Lakers. We said this a couple weeks ago. Until LeBron... It retires. It is his championship to lose every single year. As long as he's healthy, as long as he's got his, you know, as long as he's got AD. Yeah. But Harrison Barnes, Luca, and a healthy Porzingis, buddy, buddy. You act like Harrison Barnes is this greatest. He's a fine player. Very fine player. And if he's your third option, you're in a great spot. If your number one option is a guy like Luca who can create a lot of plays and Harrison Barnes is posted up in the corner waiting for that ball to hit him and he drains that three, bang. I'm Except in you. the pressure situation when he just folds like a cheap lawn chair. And that's why you have Luca. 
He had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. He still folded in 2016. He was like 19. They had already won a title. He was 19 years old. Let's let's give. He the was guy not a 19. First of all, he was 21, and he had already won a title the year before, and he just folded like a lawn chair in those finals. I'm He's a saying. fine player, but yeah, I'm not wasting experience. cap space on Harrison Barnes. You make him your third piece. I'm telling you. Who's the third? I'd, you know what? I'd rather have Josh Richardson right now than Harrison Barnes. I mean, Josh Richardson's a nice four. He's a nice piece. The thing is, you don't even need. You know what my biggest concern with the Mavs is, too? It's, it's Porzingis' health. Yeah. Like, for them to make a run, they obviously need him to be fully healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Because if he's not there, then then they'll probably do what they did last year. Losing the, what, they losing the first round? Yeah. Um, they, they might, they'll win a series maybe against if they're like a top four team, which I would assume they'd be a top four team this year, but in the regular season, um, I mean, you could lock them in that two spot. You'll, you add old HB 40. <laughs> um, how about this? I'd rather have Dorian Finney Smith than Harrison Barnes. I like the role, uh, Dodo no, plays. No, Dodo is a, he's a, he's a role player. He's a very fine. I love Dorian. I was on, you want to talk about a guy that bought all the Dorian Finney. Uh, you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know. And so I'm all I I love him and uh, but I mean, you're taking either Harrison Barnes or, or or Dodo. You're taking Harrison Barnes. Is he still on the uh, Kings? He is, and that's why I brought him up because I was watching the Kings, uh, Golden State uh, preseason game the other night, and I was like, man, put Harrison Barnes. Back <laughs> on the team. That team is rolling. <laughs> um, Harrison Barnes is 28 years old, so he was 22 in the finals. No, he was 24. He's a young 24. Boy, you're really generous on the age here. He was uh, he was a Jason Tatum 24. <laughs> Jason Tatum, when he gets to 24, he'll be like 50. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm Harrison Barnes, fine player, but he's not. I don't think he's not the he's not the championship guy that's bringing you over the top. I don't know. At least in my mind. Um, but we agree to disagree on the Harrison Barnes front. We the, the saga continues. Is it a saga, really? I mean, I've I've been talking about this for what I feel like is a better part of two or three years now. Yeah, but what's the saga? Him being yeah, we, a number three? He's never going to get the chance to be a number three on a championship team again. To agree to disagree on the Harrison Barnes. That's the Barnes. thing. That's the saga. The saga is we agree to disagree, but we'll never be able to to do this because he's never going to be a three on a championship team. It's a shame. Put him on the heat. <laughs> Put him on the heat, buddy. The heat. The heat don't need him. I don't know. They lose Jay Crowder. Uh, here's another thing. Jay Crowder. I'm I'm cooler on Jay Crowder. You bite your tongue, sir. He was garbage for how many years in a row since he got to Cleveland until he showed up in the bubble. Like he was not very good. I don't know. I like Jay Crowder great in the. Bubble. I loved him on the Mavs. I thought he was perfect on the Mavs. He well, was. That's and, not and, when I see. He was good on the Mavs, and he was yeah. good with the Celtics. But he did. He did take a bit of a dip. I will agree. When he went over to the Cavs, and then and then when he's on a contender, you know, he's on a great team like like the like the Heat were, and they're rolling. He's a guy that can really put that team over the edge just because of uh, the style he plays. The Cavs team he was on, he should have been perfect. Yeah, he just succumbed under the pressure of playing with LeBron. I mean, he was really 
Um, he was really poor. Um, I'm getting some background sound that I can't even know. Stop playing. Um, but like his three point percentage in Boston got up to 29 or got up to 39%, excuse me, in 2016, 17. And then the Cavs in 2017, that 2017, 28 season, it was 32, 33 with the jazz that full season, 29 when he was with the, uh, Grizzlies, and then he got traded to the Heat, and it shot up to forty-four percent. Like he was clearly way over what he normally was last yeah. year with the Heat than what his numbers the last four years have been. Maybe he's just one of those guys that you know he's he needs to find that that right role, and I think that I think that's what he is. He's not going to be one of your top three or four guys. He has to fit a role. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I'm saying I think his role is pretty pretty standard where it goes. It's play some defense. And then stand in the corner and make some threes. Yeah, a true three and D guy. Yeah, a true three and D guy. And then his he lost his three point shot for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he found it in the bubble. So we'll have to see what he does with the Suns this year. But I just going on it. I mean, I for he's not shooting forty four percent like he did with the Heat this year. He's his highest ever was thirty nine, as I said in twenty sixteen seventeen. And then before that, he's been a 33 percent guy. He said two years in his career was where he shot over 30, 33% from three. I don't know. I like what the Suns are doing down there. I'm not saying I don't like what the Suns are doing. I'm just saying for him, I'm saying I think we might need right. to tap the brakes on. But I mean, as far as Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, I, like there's going to be there's going to be some. I mean, the 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 possibility possibility to dump it into eight and then kick it out to to Crowder. You know, as as long as he's making the wide open threes, that's all I care about. Yeah. No, I understand. I'm just saying. Looking at his career numbers, the outlier is yeah. what he did in the bubble with the Heat. But all right, we'll talk more NBA on Wednesday as the season gets. We get two games tomorrow night. The Nets. I'm I'm interested in what Kyrie, how that's going to play out. I think Kevin Durant's out on Kyrie. Oh, Kevin Durant is so far out on Kyrie. <laughs> it's not even funny. Not even funny. Oh man, he's so far out on Kyrie. They haven't even played a game together, and he's out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested in that. They played the Celtics tomorrow night, I think, right? Yeah. Um, and then they play, yeah, so that's on NBA. That's on TNT and then Clippers and Lakers. Then Wednesday, the full slate gets on. The Mavs kick off against the Suns. And then the Mavs on Friday night play the primetime game against the Lakers on Christmas Day. Uh, so that's where we're at. All right, so we'll talk to you guys on Thursday with some NBA. And hope you guys have a nice week. Talk to you then.